Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two friends, still in two little black boxes, Ryan. I noticed I've lost the title of co-host, so that's fucking fantastic. And Scott. Yeah, we're just getting downgraded. Eventually, we'll be replaced by wooden mannequins. Interns. Replaced by interns. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, my God. That is the worst internship I could fucking imagine. <laughs> it, would be, it would be just confusing and upsetting for everyone involved. <laughs> I'm sure they would somehow be more entertaining than me, and that would really upset me. <laughs> That'd be true. He's just far more charming. Just, just 19-year-olds who know what TikTok is. I don't know. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna consume us all. That's mm-hmm. fine. The so, things. They had it bad enough. So, Scott, how has your gaming been, sir? Gaming has been great. Uh, Atomic Youth has been kicking along. Yes. Uh, you know, we got some great episodes in the can, and um, uh, I haven't started yet. Uh, I think I, I gave a little preview of this to our patrons on our Discord, uh, but soon I will be in a Trinity Continuum Aeon game for the Onyx Pass Story Pass Showcase series. Uh, so, it'll be a short game. Um, not exactly sure when it's going to be going live, but I'm going to be playing in it real soon. So I'm very excited about that. I love I love Aeon, and I love every chance to not run Aeon, but actually yes. play Aeon. Yeah, I'm very you happy should for play. You, you uh-huh. deserve to play. You've, You've played all so the much, things. You have spent so much time of your life not playing the game that you like the most. I know. It's fantastic. It's really cool now that there's actually a pretty big community of interconnected people who also want to play that game a lot yeah. i entirely agree and i'm so so i'm super down with it um but i also want to run aeon it's but okay thing. want you to run aeon too i love it, it <laughs> like, aeon's, I love aeon's after our actual play i grew a much deeper appreciation for the aeon and aeon era what type of stories you were telling there mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm, I'm a thousand percent behind it i just yeah, so i'm just finally kind of down with trinity's mechanic like i finally have played enough trinity to understand how trinity works mm-hmm. and i like it a lot uh because i think it strikes a nice balance between uh between uh nar- you know narrative control and makey dice go click clack oh yeah yeah, yeah. mechanics and, versus narrative sort of bounce yeah, back and, and a ni- it's nice it's pretty nice you know it's a pretty good system i i, I like the system i've been playing around with it a lot more um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that game uh, otherwise, gaming um, other than Curse of Strahd, which is you know kind of kind of a on again off again experience. Sure, make Strahd mad though. Oh, we sure cool. did make Strahd real we mad. We sure did Fuck make Strahd guy. mad. We did not know that Fuck we were going to do that, that guy. Apparently, that that weird whole event is like, oh, by the way, if she happens to be with you as a subsection, hmm. that's what happens, and it's like not even part of like, it's just a weird contingency that can go off. Cool. Happen to trigger it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we took away his thing, and now he's very upset with us. Good, we're gonna dick punch him. It'll be awesome. Angle devil over dick again. punch. Mm-hmm. And on to that note, Ryan, how is the uh, dick punching going? Well, it's been pretty good as far as the dick punching and Curse of Strahd. Uh, we got our shit fucked up pretty good in that game. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. That's what uh, I hear about that module. Is like, come prepared. Oh, it's some mean. There's some mean stuff in there, and mm-hmm. Murphy added some shit from Von Richten's. That's also some meaner stuff. Uh, nice. So, yeah, uh, we did uh, Mad Mage. We just hit level 18 in Mad Mage, which is fucking awesome. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, boy, howdy. I've never seen two vampire lords die so fast. <laughs> Fatality. 
I, I will have to say, I have to say one thing about Strahd. Um, we, I think we ran into a situation where another character, another player character made my character so mad. Like it, it, it like probably yeah. some of the maddest I've ever, like my character has been no, no shade between the players. It's like 100% oh, fine. I love it though. Like, but in I character, I was so mad at Roxandra. Austin is a fucking genius. He's really good. He's very uh, good. Duets with Dice Austin. Yeah. We play with uh, the duets with Dice folks in Curse of Strahd just mm-hmm. as our, on our own time, because we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do stuff for things other than entertainment purposes. For yeah, we like to entertain Their ourselves. Their own personal entertainment. Like... And it's, we are party dynamic with Rox- us teaching Roxandra not to suck so hard. <laughs> absolutely fun. And I, I just like, just the mad-eyed insanity of my character, like going from kind of a bishy, mm-hmm. uh, bishy boy, bard boy, to I'm going to murder every son of a bitch until I get out of this hellhole. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm not dying in this place. Anyway, I'm still gonna cut that bitch's hair though. Oh, we are gonna cut her hair. It's gonna happen. It's I'm gonna, gonna cut happen. that bitch's yeah, hair. We're gonna cut her hair. She fucked up. She's so hard. She stay just doesn't get the Patreon to get the dish on all of this stuff that I don't know about. But like, <laughs> oh, it was it was funny. But anyway, it was very, it was very, very silly and very fun comic. We backhanded some vampire lords at because we're awesome <sighs> in in Mad Mage. I can't wait to see what the final levels are like, like with the actual last. Yeah, we're in the last three levels. Yeah, hit level nice. twenty-one. Like the physical level is twenty-one. We're on, and then the lat we know kind of what's coming up, and it's going to be just oh, awful. A slog. Uh, that kind yes. of reminds me of a of a TikTok that's a, it's it's a curse of Tra- Strahd based TikTok. It's coming back to Barovia with a level twenty cleric. Yeah, it's just Strahd, like, like it's just you kicking open the fog and going, yeah. Strahd, I'm home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you killed my brother, Strahd. Uh, and also, I was running Frost Maiden, and they've progressed. They're progressing nicely in that. I'm actually running Brandis Stoddard's Scrivener's Tale right now, with Sweet. a little bit of modification to sort of weave it into my own story. So I've gotten very familiar with that. Very I cool. really, I've been enjoying the write-ups because he has been. Uh, he's a very kind person, and wrote write-ups for Legend Lore. Oh, into yeah. the store, into the write-up, so that if someone does a fucking Legend Lore, you know what to say to them. Also, it does a very, also, it does a very good job of, hey, the Fae don't follow your stupid fucking rules. So guess what, buddy? Maybe your magic doesn't work as good as you think it does when mm-hmm. dealing with shit it doesn't understand. And let's see, what else? Oh, Eberron, I'm having fun in that. Man, a lot of D&D. <laughs> so basically like a lot of D&D. It, D&D is perfectly fine. We're going to talk a lot of a decent amount of D&D tonight. D&D. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for my gaming, pretty much on the reg. I'm just doing Mad Mage doing more stuff with my minis. That's not role-playing related. Um, but because I've gotten done so much of that, I haven't had time to do anything else. So. Yeah, it's not role-playing, but in your head, you're like, Commander, come in. We're going to need you to do an airstrike. on." The- yeah, no, actually, you're not wrong. Because in my I head, know. I'm like, I'm getting like a narrative in my head. Of course, yeah. I'm I mean, getting a narrative of story about my army. I'm getting well, a special this- model for my, like, my, my main guys. Absolutely I didn't not. see you playing with your dolls again, sir. <laughs> Good. Uh, why am I surrounded by always surrounded by assholes? <laughs> no, yes. Uh there are my they are my war dollies. They are absolutely my war dollies. It's no fine. shame in having it's your war dollies. I got war Century dollies. Lords had war dollies. It's totally yeah. cool, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to be like that. <laughs> uh, I should, uh, sans the racism? And the syphilis. And the syphilis? 
<laughs> in the modern conveniences. Uh, Before we get into the news and everything else, we got a new patron, Benjamin. So uh-huh. we want to say thank you, Mr. Man, for supporting this podcast. Welcome. Welcome, Benjamin. You also have a much funnier message for you on the Patreon content that was recorded before this. Yes. (laughs) We were much funnier about the whole thing. And maybe you'll hear that. And I hope you do. Don't forget, everyone gets their own custom RSS feed if you're a patron through patreon.com, which means you get all our patron episodes on that feed. So, Which is mostly us just talking about pop culture shit that doesn't fit here. Yep. And occasionally bemoaning our failing bodies. Moving on. Moving right on. (laughs) Uh, but we're going to go right into the news because there's actually a decent amount. Uh, let's get the big one out of the way. Holy crap. This is some big. So the day we released our last episode was the day the Avatar Legends, the role-playing mm-hmm. game, went live on Kickstarter. And within five minutes, it blew off the doors less than like two weeks, about two weeks, basically, when you hear this. It is nearly $6 million. That's insane. It is yeah. the highest grossing pen and paper RPG on the on, that has ever been. Well, the cultural, I think, just to cut in, the cultural impact of Avatar The Last Airbender cannot be like no, no. over. Mm-hmm. There are Olympic athletes who have Ong's fucking arrow as mm-hmm. part of the, their damn yeah. head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it has affected every young, like, Every young person who absorbed any sort of cultural stuff like that, like, knows about Avatar. And, it, you know, probably liked it because it's pretty good. It's yeah. very good. Like, if you've seen it, you probably liked it, is, you know. And I understand why people are so thirsty for this thing. And I, you know, looking at what they're going to do and just sort of making it super expansive and giving you, like, as also giving some nice background and history on the parts of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the setting that we actually haven't ever heard about before and you know rules for playing just like your own guys and also hey do you just want to be in a time before all that stuff happened and just be your super awesome wuja fire punch boys yep. like yeah it looks They're, great as we said before it's by magpie games and they were really smart they probably knew they had a hot to hot potato on their hands oh yeah so they came prepared they have their stretch goals just keep coming They've blown through as many, and they just keep adding more. And they're solid stretch goals. You're going to get some good stuff in here. It's basically powered by the apocalypse. It uses the, um, what's it called, playbook. Mm -hmm. So there are playbooks. You don't pick a class. You don't pick, like, a race or anything. You pick sort of an archetype, and you go from there, like, the guardian, the icon, the inheritor, stuff like that, things that will flow into it. And so the bending is more narrative-driven and less mm-hmm. mechanical, which makes complete sense if you're trying to stylize the uh, cartoon. Yeah, you, you play like a trope or a role in a, in yeah. a Wuja story. Yeah. Uh, which is super badass and cool. Like, I love that. I mean, that's that's kind of a, you know, the Forge in the Dark system uses that a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that style of game. I mean, yeah, I've never so seen where that goes. Power by the Apocalypse system. I'll, I've just, it's just never come up. If, I need to look we over should, it we should dig into it. It's pretty good. It's very interesting. Uh, Urban Shadows is one I've I I kind of like a lot because did you ever want to play like a, a a more sort of hodgepodge World of Darkness where you can play anything you want? Yeah, mm. the the Adventure Zone actually had one of uh, when one of they were taking a break, and that's the McElroy Brothers uh, 
uh, gaming podcast, they did an urban fantasy arc. Yep. Uh, where they just played urban fantasy in a place called, I think it was this, the arc was called like uh, Dust or something. And it was just a yeah. deep, deep woods town where a bunch of monsters live and have to kind of live their lives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so it's, it, but anyways, the Avatar, good on you guys. Yep. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing it. Looking forward to pull, uh, maybe giving it a play. I will put a link in the show notes if you have not already backed it, like everyone else on the planet. This would be uh, a tough we- one to beat, guys. Tough one yep. to beat. Squeaks in the deep uh, hit hit all of its yep. uh, last minute stretch goals. Um, I may or may not have contributed to that in the last five minutes to to make a certain stretch pool happen. I mean, it's a really important and good one. So I'm if that is the case, I'm very happy that you did that. Yeah. Uh, it's got it's got the uh, virtual tabletop support now. Mm-hmm. Well, it already had like some virtual tabletop support, but this is like we're just going to put we're going to make everything as part of the virtual tabletop uh, uh, experience. That's uh, 100% like, great. I actually would be very interested since since I actually can ask how this works with them. Like how does the trans- who is responsible for digitization into a virtual tabletop of of this of your it's the, materials? It's, it happens to I know the root company like Roll20, Foundry, whatever is doing it takes your content and then has to, obviously has to program it. I mean, there's obviously like people who do this sort of thing, right? I just didn't know if it was like, do the pe- does the tabletop platform itself take it in as a sort of professional service? Mm, is it a profe- yeah. It, it, this is more of a as a software developer guy. I'm kind of just interested in what the business, how the business end of this works, like mm-hmm. who hands who to what. But anyway, I'll ask him sometime. It'll be fun, or be very boring, but fun for me. Yes. No, it's an interesting. It's, it's an interesting idea, and and uh, who knows. In yeah. other news, uh, D&D Beyond will no longer be supporting Unearthed Arcana content for absolutely reasonable good reasons. Yep, yep, yep. Because as a guy who does web software, let me tell you, having stuff just come and go out of your sources and your databases and having an unstable thing like that constantly shifting around and then having to like lock and remove content depending on whether someone so- eventually paid or not, like especially for when stuff basically the the hurdle here is like when stuff from ua transitions into the real world of mm-hmm. something someone what had to pay for the amount of migration work that you have to to like account for all that is just i can only imagine what a nightmare it was so i respect their decision to be like hey we have the tools to homebrew this shit if you want to put this stuff in there yourself there's some really good like people like ordinary citizens who can put it all in you knows the ins and outs of how the tools work and yep when unearthed kind of happens they'll be able to put it up no problem you'll be able to get it oh yeah you'll yeah no reason mm-hmm. to cry kiddos you may have to do some custom stuff here and there but don't worry about it too much someone has already done everything that has ever appeared in any book or on ua already in there yep. and they did it without for just this reason because some of it goes away yeah there's so much custom stuff you can do with Oh, D and Beyond, guys. It's never it's, been easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's never. I say in big, like big word art text. It's never been easier. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they they've been implementing tools for years now to make it yeah. this easy for you to do this with their platform, so they didn't have to do it. Fully respect that. It's okay. I'll miss it. You guys were doing great work, but that's perfectly fine. 
oh well it just cuts down on the work of those hardworking people who actually work at the and beyond yeah Indeed. it cuts that and not that they don't have enough on their plate already i'm sure yeah I'd, if they're getting paid to do it i want them to do more more interesting things than just yeah having to unbackfill someone else's like throwaway ideas yep. <laughs> Yeah, and other news, uh, since Gen Con's right around the corner, we get the innies coming out. So when the winners are announced, we'll go over those a little bit. Is but Gen right Con now, in person, or are they just going to do it's in, Yeah, there's an in-person element to it. Gen Con is in person. They have yeah. online stuff too, but... Well, I feel like this year it would be unreasonable not to offer some form of online entertainment if you don't want to, you know, oh, just I'm sure. with yeah. a lot of people for whatever reason. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. online in Gen this, Con, not a problem. The year 2021. Yeah, not out of the woods yet. Ne never, never, no. ne was never even close to out of the woods, kids. <laughs> well, we were close, and then other thing, then uh, then things happened. For, we were very unfortunate. Okay. You're right. When when a glut of people, never mind. We will go. I patron content. Poke at me in patron content, and I'll say, and I'll get on, go on a rant. I'll go on a rant or something. I'm sure everyone will be very entertained by it. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much all the news we got for now. But there's always more on the horizon. In that case, let's let's let, guys, let's build something. Yeah, let's cobble some shit together. Let's craft. One would say, let's use or get in our hands and craft something. As right? we sit here crafting this podcast for your entertainment, mm. where we are constructing the segue. We are, we are <laughs> badly constructing the segue. Yeah, because there are three there are three engineers and no one to actually do the work. What? And as it gets more and more labor, describing my crafting systems. Yay! Mm. Scott just when it kills it right What's there. What's opening Thanks. my podcast? Yeah, so we're talking about crafting systems. Uh, this was provided to us by our lovely patrons on our patron Discord. And Become I a patron like today. That. I got a real bit on my teeth about it because I just have such a strong, I didn't realize how strong my feelings were about the implementation and usage of crafting systems until I like thought about it for two seconds. Like, wait a minute. I've got I a lot crafting. about this. All right, then Ryan, lead the way then. Uh, Well, crafting systems, what are they? They're a system in which players can make stuff that actually have mechanical benefits within the context of the game. Um, So this is kind of a pet topic for mine because I literally... Every character that I have played for the last 15 years, if there is a crafting system involved in the game, I'll definitely interface with it. Like, I can't not interface with it because I'm just so... I like tinkering, like, who, and who, mm -hmm. who doesn't? But over my 15 years of making characters who wouldn't know how to craft, I've run into a situation where um, sometimes GMs don't want to fucking deal with you at all. Like they just don't want to interface at all with it or support it. So I was, so I think the first uh, question I would pose is like, should you at the outset of your campaign say, yes, crafty, no crafty, if it's something you as a storyteller don't want to interface with? Should the storyteller be able to say, nope, <laughs> I don't feel like dealing with that? It's, well, it's always a dance of degrees, right? Like, <laughs> There are some systems that are very robust and can handle crafting all day long, and they're easy to use. Mm -hmm. Some are not. Some are much more fiddly, much more specific, and yeah. because of that, become more laborious. It also could be something the DM hasn't even thought about at the onset of a game. Right. Like, I have to and do, my PCs will do cool, adventurous things, and then halfway in, they're like, we want to make stuff, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. And you can't. 
and as I've seen a number of times, also in my many years of doing this, is that if you let it go out of control and you don't put some restriction or keep an eye on it, it gets bad. Like someone, if you have a particularly crunchy person like me and you don't put any like safeguards on me, I'll just make stuff. Like I'll just fire off items and somehow I'll ha- break your game. I don't know. Like it just happens sometimes and people get, I've had storytellers get mad at me about it. Yeah. Like I'll just use the rules as they were written. I don't know. Oh, I think the one of the biggest restrictions on crafting, almost any crafting system that I've ever encountered is there's always a measure of downtime. Right. It isn't like, oh, I can just make a thing. No, it's like, no, you're trying to make, I don't know, a magical sword. That takes several weeks, if not months, of time. Very much so. Which means now we're abstracting out all this time, and you're not going on adventures. You're not following the plot. Exactly. And there there are systems in which uh, the creation of such items can be spontaneous and instantaneous but more chaotic like there are systems that allow for that sort of thing Mm -hmm. if you're working with more of a like narrative focus like no we're in a more more primeval thing where it's like i named this thing and therefore now it has power that's that's there are systems out there that handle that kind of stuff so and that's a lot more of storyteller fiat sort of thing uh but i I think that maybe like the the (laughs) you should if someone is leaning towards like making a character like it should be in your mind it's like hey if you're going to interface with this system we may not be slowing down long enough for the time scale that you will need to really enjoy it so i don't want you to you know i don't want you to pick stuff that you don't feel you're going to get to use i'm just going to let you know now you're not going to have a month of downtime to make a sword like it's just right. not going to happen for this right. game that's not the pace we're running at right well, like, i mean and and there's there's multiple ways to handle that actually i mean you can you can always like you can you can always homebrew a solution for that like i just thought of one for like say D. like say D, you want to make a magical sword you want to be a dude that makes magic shit um be like okay we're not going to slow down to make this once but you can make a thing a level yeah like just like you you can we'll engage with that system once every level, you, you can make a super out. cool thing. Yeah, you can pop something that. out. Immediately and, love that. That's we'll, good. Like, we'll, we'll abstract how it happens. Um, it's just, you know, we'll use the natural progression of, you know, the leveling system to to meter out how many times you can shit out a cool, you know, sort of permanent item of something. Yeah. 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 And yes, we can do something more if you want to do a, consu- a bunch of consumables. Yes, we can, mm-hmm. you know, just let's not make it too complicated, but like, oh, you want to make five potions? Yes, you made five potions. It's totally yeah, fine. Yeah. It's not that hard, you know? And wavium, as some of we like mm-hmm. to call it sometimes. It's just, you know, I have had to deal with that a lot. Oh, and I've seen it in the other direction. Like I said, like Star the original Star Wars game I played in that ran for five years, like Star Wars has always actually had a very, very robust crafting system. Yeah. Uh, the Star mm-hmm. Wars of any type, because uh, any system in which there are guns, especially yeah. guns, well, much like in real life, there's lots of shit you can attach. A lot of the Fantasy Flight 40K stuff absolutely had a robust crafting system. They had to because right. half of the power of your character is the equipment you have. It's the crazy space marine nonsense that yeah. you strap to your monstrous, perfect body. Yeah, it like also all the crazy stuff, the cybernetics. You can if make you don't cybernetics. look like a walking refrigerator. You're not doing it right, right? Yeah, right. correct. Understood. Yeah, you're cracking a cold one with the boys. I get it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's. 
So I guess we can, there's a number of crafting systems out there that I've experienced. I, I, I've always, I, I like the Dungeons and Dragons one like pretty well overall, but it I think is, it is currently in the 5e, if we're going to refer to it as that one, it's fairly fiat Oh, oh yes. I like it fine enough, but boy, howdy, they definitely begrudgingly added it. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, the DMG has almost nothing on crafting. They, they, I know you can sense that they were like, they got so mad at fourth crafting in fourth edition, which actually wasn't that bad of a system, actually, because they had a, because they had like an exchange system of just like you had Arcanum dust, which yeah. you basically, uh, yeah, residuum, residuum, they yeah, called yeah, it residuum. residuum. And everyone knew how to blow up magical items and turn them into residuum. Yep. And everyone could make magical items out of residuum. Oh, how MMOE. It was very MMOE. It was very MMOE. But it saved a lot of, well, it makes absolutely no sense for you to be able to do this. And the crafting, I forget what the crafting times were in fourth ed, but I know the, but the crafting times in fifth ed are definitely like, we don't want you to use this system. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely don't want you to use this system. Uh, so in like fourth ed, like they, everything was very well metered out because the system, it was a very mechanical system. So they wanted everything to be on a chart. You had these bonuses at this level, that kind of stuff. 5e, they're just, the DMG is like, you can make an item, maybe? It wasn't I mean, until Santa the relative... that they actually came out with like, right. this is how you make them uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. The DMG did have rules, but you had to be a spellcaster to really be able to do it. And they were like draconian and like really like, no, we definitely like don't want you to make magic items. Because <laughs> the, the philosophy of 5e was we don't, the PCs, we've designed the system, the PCs don't need magic items. Therefore, magic items are exponentially more, in some respects, make your character a lot more powerful because the system is not accounting for them. Mm-hmm. If, well, they're, okay, I mean, they, a la Mad Mage. <laughs> yeah, we all have all well, threes and shit. I mean, they, they definitely did did a smart move of saying you can only have three. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, like, that was slots, like Chang. That was actually that was actually a holdover. Fourthy uh, huh. had an item attunement. Yeah, it did, but they had more of them because they were... I think they had slightly more of them or they were cha- different. They were set to the body parts too. Right. Like, like the classic ones. Yeah, you could just lock. It was so you couldn't lock a bunch, stack a bunch of crap on yourself. Like 10 rings right. on your hands. Some that crazy kind of shit. Stuff. And there have always been limitations on how those bonuses would ever come yeah. about anyway. But it was, they, they've been trying, they, over the course of time, they've just decomplicated it and decomplicated it down to, you know, you have three. And that's smart. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you, as a high-level artificer, when you get five, it gets You're, crazy. Yeah. Like things get a... Things get a little crazy. It's pretty Before cool. we get into that part, so in the DMG, you had to be a spellcaster, and you have a certain level, you can make it, but it was still kind of fiat It was like, we really didn't have guidance for how expensive these things were or anything like that. And then Xanathars came out, and what they did in Xanathars was, okay, you don't need to be a spellcaster, but you need X number of com- like rare, what they call like exotic or rare components, which mm-hmm. is, okay, go on adventures, Dumb, go dumb. get that shit. Go kill a go, thing and get it stuff. Go get the thing. Like, oh, you want to make a flaming sword? Well, you need the the ember embers of the heart of a fire elemental or something. Yeah, like that. you need something of your C that's around your CR. Hint, hint. Yeah, <laughs> and and certain CRs got. We're like, okay, they get this rare of a component. Of a yeah, that yeah, exactly. And very rare, very broad perspective on how to do it. And then 
and they were like, here's X number of gold and X number of days, and you can make it. Yeah, I think the brutal part of it was that there's no, like, the the thing that still tells me that they're just like, fine, you bitch, when it yeah. comes to this crafting system, is that your role has no bearing yep. on the speed at which you perform the crafting. Nope, it does you, not. It, your ability to craft, your skill in the craft, it has no technically, effect. What's... Yeah, because there's proficiencies in the system, right? They're not like a craft skill anymore. It's yeah. the proficiencies that you do, but they're like, are you proficient? Yes, you can make that item. That's it. That's it. End of That's story. Like, yep. There's no rolls. There's no rolls to see how quickly you do it. And it's thus, just... everyone, every person who's wanted to run any crafting at all in 5th edition has had to make that decision. It's like, okay, well, what do, how do I let them roll for it? Because their skills should matter. <laughs> right. And the only way to cut the time was to get assistance. Mm-hmm. Like in generally, if it wasn't another PC, you'd have to pay that person yeah, to or help you. Be an artificer and try and be of 10th level. That's the and, other. And then after Xanathar's and many years later, they added the brand new class, the artificer, which was, do you, okay, fine, fine. Here you go. You wanted to craft things in game while still adventuring. Here, play an artificer. You're done. We're done with this. But I wanted to make stuff. It's like you can make stuff. You can make stuff because that's exact, that's what the artificer does. It's like they innately cut the crafting time of magic items by substantial amounts. Up, well, only, but only up to uncommon. I will say that you yeah. can't like do rares and above faster. But yeah. the but the speed increase on uncommon magic items actually makes it is buku crazy because it's a quarter of the time yeah which so stuff that would take a week or a, a craft week now takes like two days yeah so you can brew like a potion of resistance every two days yeah or you the, can... yeah and then later on at the high levels they get more attunement slots nobody else gets yeah nobody. you get double eventually you double your attunement slots which is bonkaroo yeah and then they get bonus and then artificers because we're talking more about that classes they get bonuses based on how many things they're attuned to they can and you can use your int modifier for literally everything yeah so it's it's they're pretty broken i love it yeah like i fucking love my artificer so dnd a part of it is what we've been kind of uh, sort of talking around is that crafting systems can take a lot of burden on the on the gm on the on the game master as well as the player because in some respects the game master is conceding a measure of creative control of the game to the players and balancing and balancing and Mm -hmm. then oh low low b to you that wants to make a custom item oof oof (laughs) oof a doof yeah no good and then you got other systems like exalted which (laughs) yes edition hot shit did you pull out the big white book I did not pull out the big white book. I just, you know, remember my days of running a game with a Twilight in it. Um, yeah, I, I played a Twilight. I played a Twilight. I loved, I loved making stuff. Uh, I, uh, I pulled out the big white book for Third Ed, and I read it today. I read the crafting rules. Brian, did you ever read the third edition rules? No, crafting? but I bet they were bonkers. They are bananas. So you, you get in in Third Ed Exalted. You get, you have. You have slots, basically major project slots. Mm-hmm. Every time you complete a project of like low level projects, you get something called silver XP. And then you can use silver XP to help you build bigger things. S- bigger things give you silver and gold XP that you spend for later projects. So you can make bigger projects. 
And then so you, you can get more slots to make more things. Listeners cannot see what my eyes are doing. Right <laughs> now they're getting wider and wider. Now it makes sense disbelief. when you read it. When you read it, it kind of makes sense. The whole point is sort of like because Exalted is very much a story about ages and you have lots of time on your hands. It is you are hopefully in an exalted story, you are get, being given time. You're given time. So they were like, of course the PCs are going to have time and charms to help them build the biggest stupidest things in a lot of ways those those sort of little projects are like they literally had to put a system in place to slow you down (laughs) from getting to the really big shit because a solar twilight even of a base level can do anything yeah basically (laughs) And, and they needed a more complicated system because they wanted the crafters because Crafting, surprisingly enough, throughout the entire legacy of Exalted is a big part of it. So they've just been doing it, and they needed a robust system to handle it. And it by, seems like the project system in Exalted Essence is a lot more, uh, like everything else, a lot more like it's just milestone-based, and you just yeah. pick, it's a number of it's milestones. It's more story path. And we'll get into it, because the story path system has a fairly robust, like, but indecent and very understandable crafting system. Some, depending on the game, is a little more loosey goosey than others. But yeah, but overall, how many? But how many tags do you get? That is a good question. I yeah, need all the story path system is tag based. Uh, and where uh, you have... like, I'll be I'll be damned if I could tell you, even after looking through the the Trinity Core book, how you determine how many points worth of tags just an item gets. <laughs> like it depends on the level of the item. And then there's a chart. You consult the chart. The number of, depending on that, and depending if you want more tags, enhancement, or other abilities, determine how many total tags, abilities, and other things it can get. I could not find that chart for the fucking life of me, and I tried. Uh, I really... It's there. It's not hard. It's just... So, I guess we're moving on from Exalted. Yeah. Well, Exalted (laughs) is make progressively larger things over a long period of time. Yeah, you because can do any, you can make I mean, anything. yeah, the, the, the idea that, especially in a solar campaign, that you'll kick over a kingdom or establish a kingdom of some yeah. sort uh, that, that, that then gives you an industrial base of, of production. How do you make like a sword versus then you make the cart that carries all the swords you've made to then to the castle that you built? Who didn't love Stronghold? Who didn't yeah, exactly. love playing Stronghold where you had to build, mine the metal, Yep. Make the sword, get the guy, train the guy, give yep. him a helmet. Now he's a footman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that way you eventually make the manse that you govern and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. The bigger and bigger projects to eventually you're like making the first shrike and and taking over all of all of existence. And meanwhile, the dawn cast is hip thrusting mountains over. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 whatever you like, I guess. Twilight just builds a hip thrusting mecha robot that mm-hmm. does it for them. Yeah, that does it for them. <laughs> well, I mean, and then uh, it it becomes the the Twilight delivery system. Yes, and, you know, eventually your 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 exalted game eventually builds into the Twilight delivery session yep. system. We need your sorcery to do something very insane. We must protect them while they cast the spell. (laughs) It's going to take them a long time to do it. So moving on from there. So D&D, fairly loosey-goosey. They do have guidelines. Uh, Well, one of the hardest guidelines, actually, 
that comes up in the base crafting system that isn't even magic items is that it's 50 gold a work week is yep. on the price of the item so hmm. you take half i think you take half the you take the items pricing divided by 50 and that's how many work weeks but it costs half as much if you make it yes something like that i have to go back and look at it but specifically like that means, on and while i listen man i get it busting out a breastplate is an is a time-consuming process mm-hmm. i'm sure it takes i'm sure it does take a month to make a proper one that could take a hit prop nicely maybe i don't know gang forge gang where are you tell me how long it takes to make a proper a proper breastplate but i'm a magic boy I don't got a month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's where the, the, we'll get into that later. It's like the, do you craft it or do you buy it? At what point do you just buy this shit? Yeah. But I mean, the Trinity system is actually, it, yep. it's pretty nuanced because what you're making and what you are influences the crafting yeah. significantly. So they have like, like if, you're just, if you're just a talent, then you make you can crack out like you know base level super science stuff. Yeah, they call it super science in Trinity. It's, mm-hmm, tr- yeah. it's there's three tiers and every game has slightly mm-hmm. different terminology for it, but essentially yeah. they're all the same thing. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a scion and aeon, you're gonna make neonetic to biotech. Yeah, uh, which you know is it interfaces with psi powers, and then the big granddaddy of Trinity crafting is it's, aberrant. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna. We're gonna wait a minute because I'm gonna have a long conversation about that. All right, but uh, but I want to get my. I wanna, we gotta lay down the base for everyone, right? We're doing well, I'm sure. Yes, mm-hmm. so everyone is following, thrilled, and not confused. Well, yeah. So there's super science in Trinity. So you have advanced science, which is kind of like stuff that talents do, and mm-hmm. like some normal people can do. That's like more cutting edge technology. Then you have inspired science, which only like. That's where normal people cannot do this, and mm-hmm. it's only talents and above. And then you have the last one, the grand, the biggest part is powered science, which again they call them something different a little bit in each game system. That's essentially the three tiers: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. only scions and novas and other similar creatures can do powered science. And depending on the tier that you're go, like which who what you are and where you're going that determines how many extra tags and abilities you can sort of stuff into the thing. Yeah. It's all about stuff and tags. Yes. Um, until, until you get to, until you get to aberrant when then you're, you're stuffing powers and shit into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the base basis is, uh, and this is where the Trinity, as Ryan said earlier, is, and Scott said is more granular because they actually have a robust crafting system. They're like, they do a milestone system where they're not playing. mad at you for doing it. No, no. Nope. Now it is complicated. I will warn you, especially when we talk about Nova's the the Nova stuff, it's complicated, and you need to read all the rules like four, four or five times to start understanding how it works. Yeah, it, it's it's complicated in the way that it's not fun to do at the table. No, right. No. This is one of those like let me go handle all of let me go do all my bookkeeping mm-hmm. like off to off you know company time yeah so we can come back <laughs> and i'll come back and let you know what happens <laughs> that's something if i was running a game and i was had novas and had a crafter i'd be like okay you're gonna craft stuff i'm gonna talk to you offline we're not doing this at the table i will i will clear everything with you and if something comes at the table we'll deal with it then but for right now no well that's kind of a, a, a that's kind of the how much do you want just jumping back because you know why have structure yeah. um goes back to how much do you want to support it right because yeah. you have to remember that if if 
if you're sitting here crafting, right? If you're if you're executing this on the fly at the table, it is taking time from everybody know, else. Everybody else yep. to essentially give yourself a stat boost or give someone a stat boost. Yeah. So you're because... very complicatedly casting a spell. Um yep. and you just have to ask like, is this worth the amount of time it's taking to do it? Or yep. can this be something we can just be like, well, hand wave, yes, it's good. We did this some the, other the time. Only, or... The only problem with hand waving is if you're not doing the due diligence, yeah, you, you might may be up. allowing something that will disrupt what's going on. Yeah, I, and I I think, but you know, honestly, I would err on the side of don't waste too much time. And if something, it's more of a, if something does become a problem, just be like, hey, can we double check that real quick? And if it's fucking us up, let's just pull it back. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where we're, we're saying, pre-game you're crafting like right hey, exactly and that kind of i'm gonna be that. uh nice example uh in mad mage i wanted to start doing stuff because i'm playing a dwarf and matthew likes crafting stuff i like making things for my character and he was eventually he was like matt no i'm doing a preset adventure you get we kind of what you get occasionally we'll do we've done one-off things and Little that's stuff. it Cool and it was a pain in, and it was a pain in the ass. So eventually I was just like, you know, that's cool. I'm not going to ask anymore. It's fine. We're two and, and a half right years, in, two and a half years in. It's like, maybe we don't need any more stuff. Nope. There's, all, there's a whole dungeon full of stuff. Actually. We have oh. the nicest equipment that a group of people could almost possibly have. Like, yes, we don't have any, we have very few, we don't have any legendary. Well, I have a legendary item. You know, you have a, uh, <clears throat> you have a very rare one. No, my, I have my tattoo. My tattoo is a legendary. Oh, it's considered. Oh, he he made it legendary. Of, uh, just because of the ability of having like a spell absorption. Yeah. As yeah. well as granting me some other stuff and all that weird stuff it does. Yeah. It's kind of a legendary. It's item. the most custom item that we have in the party. It is. It, but it's basically just an. Uh, it's. It's actually not super great at this juncture. Like it's actually no. like it's not as good as it could You're be. You're not absorbing I, a wish or something silly like that. I couldn't I and I can't even do that. So no. Yeah, uh, uh, but, Murphy has the ring of invisibility. Which that's she the does one have the ring of invisibility, which is fucking awesome for her. Yeah, that's her one legendary that's that's a legendary that she actually has. And cool. it's great. And it's we have stealth fun adventure times. Yeah. But regardless, back to their crafting, like again, you can see how involved this conversation and the things and the impact it has. Uh, yeah. And, and that was even just doing like, you know, just like my modified stuff. But at some point you just have to be like, well, this is going to take too long and doesn't gain us anything. So kind of worry about something else. <laughs> you. Yeah. So Trinity has some interesting, like you said, it's more granular. Uh, there's Tell me about Nova tech. Tell me about why Nova Tech's Oof. weird. Uh, Q Tech, Quantum Tech is what they call it. Yeah, I, yeah, I figured. It was so in the Trinity Tech. area, they have it's called Core Tech, Q Tech, and Nova Tech. Core Tech is just basically the advanced science that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Nova Tech is the inspired stuff uh, because Novas can make that stuff level two, mm -hmm. and then Q Tech. They specifically define Q Tech not is more unique in that you have to have a an attunement by an active Nova to for it to operate, period. It does not work without a Nova. Yeah. Like, like Nova tech, you can create it and have other people use it, but you need a Nova. There's no way that a normal person, a non-Nova could make it. Correct. Like yeah. it require it requires like an exotic material. It requires the use of a power set. Um, you know, th this is the stuff that literally like stop, like, like it, it, 
we you could not reproduce it once the novas were gone yes uh and then the 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 q tech you know absolutely you couldn't use it the normal humans could not use it yep. now one of the coolest things they have they have in that in that system is the notion of what is core yes like what is like baseline of the era technology and they have systems for what if i'm tony stark what if i literally by my own brilliance advance the level of technology in a civilization yes such that core tech becomes more like the state the baseline standard becomes more powerful and 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 they, um, they what they have rules for in this is to taking let's say you have developed something but it's q tech you only you or nova nova could really use it but then you keep working on it and now you've made it nova tech and if you work on it even more eventually you make it core tech to the point that's where hyperfusion in mm-hmm. trinity comes from it was a piece of Q-Tech that was worked on so long and so hard, eventually even normal humans could understand it and, and develop it. it and replicate it, or at least had could develop the machines they needed to replicate it. Mm-hmm. That was complicated. Make... Yeah. yeah, it is, actually. Um, they when, he, when Scott used the term for uh, Tony Stark as an example, mm-hmm. they weren't kidding. That's one of the first things when we all read the crafting system in Aberrant. Mm-hmm. We are like, oh, they wanted to make it to where a super smart guy could make a power suit and fight with his buddies in a superhero battle and feel like he's contributing to both on and off screen type of stuff. Yeah, like he's he is making he is make they are making technology for themselves, but also for the wider world and lifting civilization up. Yep. Uh, now you know Tony Stark made some mistakes in that regard. You know, I remember yep. a, an Ultron or two. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. for some reason, there was still scarcity at some point in the world of Marvel because there's somehow there's still scarcity, which makes absolutely no sense. The the reason that is DC and Marvel don't rarely. Uh, do what Abbott does, which is actually fig- try to figure out what's the impact of super geniuses on your world, mm-hmm. because they don't want to adv- change the world to where it's unrecognizable to the reader. Mm-hmm. Because it's like because they got to sell this shit every every week. How can we how can we have a, a plot line about starvation if there is none? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well that's that's the cool thing is like as of like you know baseline Abbott twenty twenty eight. A lot of problems are fixed by dint of Nova. Like climate change is fixed. Uh, you know, like a lot of scarcity, a lot of diseases are are, are cured. Um, um, it's just you know, then then you fast forward the clock a little bit, and a whole new suite of problems show up which, by the people who solved the previous problems. Which is infinitely more, in my opinion, infinitely more interesting than rehashing the same shit over and over again. Right? Mm-hmm. Just thinking about like, okay, well, we solved all these all these big problems, like what comes next? Like what well, is- It gets to the point where in Aeon, racism isn't so much of a problem because for like a month's salary, you can you can walk into a cl- clinic, a, you know, a skinny white woman and walk out a fat uh, Asian man. Like you can, you like, you can literally change everything about yourself for, not that not not that much money you can save up for it on a reasonable you person's on the credit you can put your entire transition on the credit card absolutely and your transition could be like 
in all directions. Like absolutely. Or you can have bunny ears. Um, I have non-functional wings. Fuck it. Woo! Yeah, they're one of the main uh, biotech cities that's in mm-hmm. South America is actually the most cutting edge of like transhumanism. Mm-hmm. Like people who do even crazier, not more non-human things to their bodies, even normal humans. That's, because that's the sixth finger is a lot of is very popular. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the because in Trinity they go into this in the detail in the Aeon expansion book about crafting in that Novas can't do anything with Noatic tech. Mm-hmm. It, it's cut off from them because it does it specifically ties into the sub quantum realm. Yeah. Scions get their own form of crafting, like the level of Q tech, mm-hmm. but it's only Scions can do it because it's all about biotech stuff well i mean because scions are very keyed into very specific aspects of reality yep and novas can get there they just have to go the long way around and it doesn't the results are not going to be as like harmonious and like like sustainable Uh, the scions are kind of working within bounds of reality mm -hmm. and but the the novas are bending reality to to uh conform to what they want exactly so but all, but all, okay. So just to just to bring us back, though, you still roll some dice here, right? Still, like there's oh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, some yeah, dice. Okay, there's some dice rolling that's involved. I, actually, in this. I, I will be happy to go over that real quick because I actually looked at this earlier. Um, how does this all translate into rolling some yeah, dice? So, I'm very curious. Uh, so they use a milestone system, and just like that, they have intervals of like doing things. And whenever you're about to hit a milestone, you roll, and there's always complications on your roll. And if you don't buy up the complications, you add flaws to it. And there are specific flaws, which are basically negative tags to your device. Like this device is jinxed. It on your every time you use it, there's like a 10% chance it just doesn't work. Stuff like that. Little little intrinsic things, or you're the only one who can use this device, period. This device will not operate for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's all like the complication system and, and and all that. It all it's all tied into the base system of it. Yep. So do, so does by adding more tags, is it just each tag its own complication, or is there a conversion rate? No. Or? So the first thing you do in developing any item, besides you have to figure out what tier it is, and that that alters the difficulty, obviously. Okay, fair. But tags are their own system enhancement and like powers because you can. Basically, you can give items the they're like the equivalent of gifts for talents, and mm-hmm. later on for Q Tech quantum powers. Mm. But there's but between that and enhancement, you have to pick a balancing act. Unless it's like a super science thing where it kind of like escalates the level, because there's an edge that basically like you have found like the Sword of Atlantis type of thing where it breaks all the rules and does all has all the tags and all the enhancement all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty involved system. <laughs> Sorry, like I tried I said, to sum it up there. Yeah, you it's, tried. It's, some, it's something that if you want to make stuff, you have to sit down with your story guide and yep. not do it at the table because that's super boring. But you can come up with some pretty, pretty interesting shit. It's yep. like, hey, let me just bring you three, three write-ups for three items and the relative amount of effort it will take to make them. And you just tell me what's good. <laughs> you just tell me what's cool here. Uh, another another good way to do this is is you're like if you go to the story and maybe you're like I want to do a crafter but I don't want to read all the stuff and I want to do it. like hey GM I want to make stuff I have an idea for an item can you make it for me mm-hmm. and if if the GM is like into that be like sure let me let me 
crack out the book. I'll work on it, and I'll happy. I'd be happy to do that too. For like, it, it would be like, all right, I need you to make three right, three three dice rolls for me. Yeah, yep. each roll is like two weeks. Tell you of what work. happens. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, switching gears to a system that doesn't use any dice rolls. I know. I've actually been very interested at this part. So uh, the crafting system in one of my, you know, old tried and true favorite uh, role-playing games, uh, Amber Diceless. Yep. Uh, is very, it, it, it's very simple at its base, but it has a lot of interesting permutations based on how you go about it. Uh, it is a point by system. Every yep. item uh, place that you can, can own every, you know, every person who serves you um, can be cobbled together based on a fairly simple point-based system. Uh, and, you know, you, you can do this at character creations. They're like, part of my character is that I have a squad of super badasses who follow me around and kick, kick people's shit in for me. Um, uh, now, because of the, the, and like, you know, or I have a super badass sword that is mine and is iconic. Um, or since, you know, being a part, being a, a, a son of Amber or a daughter of Amber or whatever of Amber, you can simply walk through reality and find Excalibur laying on a rock. Yep. You can you can spend the time and energy to literally walk to any part in the infinite cosmos where the specific thing that you want is just laying around. Yep. Or there's a power that you can buy called conjuring, uh, wherein you just basically can have infinite access to this point by system to create people and things out of shadow. If you're powerful enough, yes. If you're powerful enough, well, no. If if, if you have twenty points of twenty points and, and have bought the conjuration power, it doesn't matter how more powerful you are. You literally have the ability to shape reality. Uh, but that's twenty points in amber. Uh, uh, audience, I know more. I know how the system works. Twenty <laughs> points in amber is not a small chunk of change. Yeah. <laughs> Once um, you start out with like, what's the starting number? You starting start is generally a hundred. Okay. Yep. Well, just to give you a, a sort of yeah, just to give a scale of what you're saying, it's like mm -hmm. yep. So investing about one fifth of yourself into that yeah. is a big investment, but it does sound like you have a lot of, uh, it, it gives you a very broad. Yeah. You, you literally, you literally can right. create anything within, within, you know, a couple hours of time. Which when you now, really think about it though, like some people would kill for being, having that much, uh, you know, leeway by only sp expending 20% of their mm -hmm. putting 20% of their ability into it because a lot of systems is like you can put your whole character into it yeah. and it still sucks shit even if you don't have that that 20 point power yep you can still just walk amongst the infinite sh sh shadows to where the thing you want is in a 7-eleven in, in audience you may be thinking that's really powerful what what how do you how does that even balance well first thing if you balance. don't spend the well, Amber actually does have a measure of yeah. balance. It actually yeah, it, has guidelines. They do because, like I said, you can craft stuff out of nothing. You can find it literally scattered about the universe. The core difference is the question of: Do you spend your own personal points, either like character creation or character advancement points, into making the thing or the the people or whatever it is that you've conjured into the world? Well. A part of yourself. Yep. If you spend your own XP into the item, uh, because if you don't do that, the storyteller is one hundred percent 
uh, entitled and expected to take that thing away from you almost at any time. Yep. Because they it's can not, do anything it, to it and do anything they want to it. Because it's not real. It's not or not as real as it could be. Yeah, you know, well, it, it's it's ephemeral. It, it is yeah. crafted so, well, out that, of, of the infinity. So um, out, of a, and, out of a curiosity of just having never experienced the system myself, is that something that would be to punish failure or is that something that could be to um just in could that be inflicted on is that inflicted on you by another person is it random when that sort of it, thing happens? it depends it's, upon the story yep, it depends upon the story it depends upon what's happening in the story but like like if you if it is something that has been willed into existence or found out in the infinite um it is not real it is very much a, a ephemeral shadow thing that has no reality to it and thus you know almost for almost any reason it could go away yep it, like it, it, an example from the books is um you know two of the brothers the main character corwin and his brother blaze spend about a month uh you know conjuring an uh, a massive army yeah they literally like, go a truly and like it. Like they go out and find it and they recruit these people who, you know, are tough and strong and inherently think of them as God Kings uh, and will, you know, die for them because to do so fulfills their, their custom created religion that says the God King brothers will show up and lead you in a holy war. Like your, your, your centuries old religion says that two dudes who look like this are going to come and make you die for them. And that's the best thing that could possibly happen. Yep. Rad. Now in the books, those motherfuckers die like flies. Yep. They're um, used they're they are they are plot mm-hmm. and that's it because they are not they have no personalities, they don't show up again. Like they are just a part of the plot of the story of what these two brothers are doing. Whereas like uh what is it um Corwin's sword, yeah, right? Corwin's sword um entirely is, different story. It's an entirely different story. He spent he he spent his points into that. Um, you know, he like because of because of the story, and this is something that can be easily replicated in the game, he lost his memory for a while. Um, as soon as he remembered the fact that he has this iconic legendary sword, he literally walks into a forest and it's sticking out of a tree. And he goes because he it willed it to be there and it's his sword. So even if you ha- if you have a thing that you've spent points in and you know it gets taken away from you, it is the barest effort of will to return that thing to you because yeah, the GM is basically like i gotta give you an opportunity to get it back like it's going to get back to you eventually i can take mm-hmm. it away temporarily i can do stuff with it but o- overall it's it will it's always kind of untouchable. it's sort of untouchable from a narrative sense Inclu- this is including this is including like people if you yeah. have if you have invested yourself into a squad of dudes and if those squad of dudes get slaughtered gloriously on your, you know, divine behalf, you can you can just pick up another one at the at the store. Or maybe they'll they always, survive. They'll, they'll, they'll always be back. Like there's always, always another. Be, there's always another cult to you somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're easily if you spent the points in them, they're easily replaceable. Yeah. Because and, they because you have made them a part of your own personal reality. And the see, there's not a quote unquote. There is a system. But mm-hmm. there isn't obviously dice rolling or anything. It's like, oh, I'm going to go do the thing. It really, it's come down to what do you want to have happen? Here are the guidelines for the amount of points of the thing you want. Like you can make, you can have part of your story, a whole, like what they call a shadow, basically a small mm-hmm. universe. 
small world, that's mm-hmm. all yours. That's a part of your story. And depending on what type of world it is, how well connected it is to other worlds, how real it is, how truly in the cosmological sense real it is, increases the points. Mm-hmm. Same with artifacts. Which, same which with you, you can things. you can you can walk to any of those places. Yeah. Like you you can like I want a shadow that has these these attributes to them. Um, but unless you spend the points on them bad shit can happen to that pretty much at the whim. And the other, the other aspect is like the other kind of like balancing point to say walking out in shadow and just finding whatever you want is there are other shadow walkers out there. Yep. And the, the universe is infinite and dangerous. Um, like one of the things that they, they mention is um, in, in the books, Corrin is like an immortal Superman, but when anyone uh, from like the lowliest shadow to a Lord of chaos pulls out a sword, he pays attention. Mm-hmm. He, he, he never discounts like, okay, that is a sharp thing that can stab me and cause me considerable harm. I'm paying attention. So walking about the world to find your, 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 you know, uh, your supercar, there's a degree of risk to it because you're walking amongst infinity and literally anything can happen. Because some um, people that are just as powerful as you want the same thing that you want. Or just don't want you to have a thing that you that's nice. That, that that's true, but they, because they're petty. That's because five five hundred years I hate, ago, I hate you, you Scott, did... because I spent a lot of time reading through the Amber quote unquote system, mm-hmm. and now you're making me want to play Amber again. I know because I remember all of the stuff that you can do with your character and making items and people and things because it's all very guideline based. It's all very narrative based. So it allows a player and a GM to like. The universe, it, it all your imagination is your limit mm-hmm. as far well, as like what you want. It's also kind of a balancing act to the, like the core mechanic of the game, right? Uh, because you know, hey, let's say you know, you know, I have you know X amount of strength and you have Y amount of strength, and normally if I hit you with a normal sword, you could shrug those off just because of our relative strengths. However, if I have the like super awesome badass destructive damage power on my sword and I land a blow on you then you're in for a surprise. Yeah, you're in you're in for kind of a world of hurt when you if I pull out my world of if hurt. I pull out my lightsaber yep. and cut your hand off because it has that destructive damage property, then it, it can do things that normally couldn't happen with just a piece of pig iron. Yep. Um, even if and, you're super even though you're superhumanly strong, you can't shrug that off unless you have something to counter narratively counteract mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, an indestructible piece of armor that's... You know, that's, point, what I mean. that's, that's what so, I mean. So, yeah, it, it, it is a very... It's a very simple system at the heart of it. Like, you can you can shit out. Like, you can you can put together literally anything you want out of, like, like six or seven different categories mm-hmm. that you can put points into. And you can get it by walking around. You can get it by sitting, sitting there and conjuring it out of the world. Or you can literally invest yourself into it. Like say, like say, like you've you've walked and you found a cool gun that you like, and then when it comes time to spend XP, you can say, you know what, I like this gun. This gun is cool. I'm gonna make this a part of my thing. Yeah, this is now where my story essentially. Mm-hmm. It's my my mythos, my narrative, and it now becomes a special gun that can do stuff like fire and amber, which normally can't happen. Yeah. Because Amber had a special rule. It's one of the most real places in all of reality. And one of the big story points is you can't fire gunpowder doesn't work in Amber. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. 
but yeah so, so that's that's crafting an amber it is very narrative it's very like simple but yep. there's a lot of complexity to it if you put the time into it I'm trying so, to remember another show. go ahead right oh i was just going to do star wars because it's trash sure yeah, do go it. ahead do it, we oh, need trash God. too the fantasy fucking flight star wars system is fucking ridiculous like, <laughs> matt when we were doing um you know when we were recording the you know uh new vigil yeah like you know it came up crafting did come up a yep. little bit like m- a number of the characters could make stuff and i'm just like ripping my fucking hair out like looking through i didn't the book, trying read to under- a lot super into it but it was but, a little complicated well the books are the thing is man until you showed me that the like the crafting rules thing yeah like on the uh on that one site where it's just like oh here are all the rules for star wars yeah because it's played out between like four books well not even four books that's being so generous of you (laughs) it's so nice of you to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't spread their fucking crafting system not only did they not have bait even like really basic crafting rules in their core books the actual stuff that like it's like how a PC sits down and actually makes a gun is yep. sp- or X is spread out over like 15 splat books or something like, yeah. oh, good. A bunch of books that fall apart and are made hmm. of paper and like, like thin paper and stuff that no one can get a hold of and no one wants. Hooray. Yeah. I'm glad that you decided to distribute a core system over 15 books. What a great, yeah. I'm, I'm probably I mean, being there is a core system, this, but... but it's very basic. It's like figure out the difficulty how long you want it to happen, what components but they need. It, it was all very like, there was no like, okay, but how, but what do I do with the role, bro? Yeah. How do I use this role? Like, yeah, does it had me to do being with good at this matter? How many mods? Well, it was actually very granular because it was like, I want a lightsaber. This lightsaber handle can only have X number of mods in it. But I put a but, mod in it, to put a mod in it is a role. And it takes yeah. a certain amount of time. It can only hold so many mods. What we got confusing was, then once the mod was in the item, you can modify the mod. Yep. And then can... it was just, you basically kept tweaking it and tweaking it, which you is can... you can do. It just gets exponentially more difficult to and, use. And do expensive. That. But and also, expensive, the, very but, expensive. But really the, the difficulty came in crafting a base. Like the, I challenge you to simply find in the core book, like if someone could find this, that'd be awesome. How do I make a heavy blaster rifle with a character? made in that book like just the one just the one core book like like the basic make... uh basic profile heavy blaster well the profiles weren't i when i i didn't see the profiles in the core book man like i don't see those i don't know where when i started seeing profiles i'm like well that would make sense right that makes a lot of sense i don't know where those profiles should have well when i see profile i mean like you know like where the entry says heavy blaster and what the damage and stuff it does that's what i mean by profile not like a crafting profile. Oh, you mean like the basic item that exists in, as like the item people just generally, I guess that makes sense. But like, yeah, it wasn't until much later where they were like, oh, this is a template for like what the dice actually do when you make yeah, stuff. I had to and, look up the crafting system because I was looking at lightsabers and how lightsabers are put together because right. lightsabers are very customizable. They're one of the most customizable. customizable. Like, yep. and that, and I think that's fucking good, but it would have been really cool of them to like, Make put it, it all make at least have like the baseline decent system that wasn't like yeah just do what you want like one of the things that i can't stand is when a system has degrees of success that mean nothing right like i rolled super good and i might as well not have like passing and double passing are completely you know 
in a certain it doesn't need to matter all the time but i feel like in like that kind of system where you're creating something being absurdly good at a thing yeah it obviously doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make something faster it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make it better as good as it could ever be or but it should matter somehow that you're yeah, just like a person good who's a good thing. at combat who generally is very good at combat if it rolls well He's going Lord, to do really go out of combat, right? Lord knows the fights end faster if you have people who are good at a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and you're less Probably hurt. better outcomes. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, I mean, we could go on for a really long time about this, especially because we only touched on the surface of, like, the implication of crafting in your game as far as, like, a narrative and plot sense. Because, as we've mentioned, like, both in, like, Trinity as well as D&D, you can make entire adventures out of getting components. Yep. as reward as a macguffin as a thing that is necessary to propel a story forward we must all find the unobtainium mm-hmm. yeah exactly well, i mean that, that's the thing if you have a crafter in your game that becomes a part of your encounter design yeah right um, you need to like support them a little if if, mm-hmm. if you have some but i think it's really what to sum it up i think because we've been going i think we're I think we're doing all right here yeah we're doing good yeah if you have a if you are allowing crafting in your game support it yeah. Figure out how to support it and make it fun for the person who put decided to make their character somewhat about this. And and uh, I know of stories about people. D and D is a very good one of where oh, that's all the party does. The main plot is you're out gathering supplies for either the party's crafter or an NPC crafter who needs things. You cool. got to go out and, and we'll get make it. you cool shit. So but the other thing, the other thing to factor is that you've got to find some way of balancing it. You've got to find yeah. some way of, of, of supporting that character or group of characters who are about who are about crafting without detracting from the fun of everybody else at the table. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. So it's it's something that you know if you're going to have a character, a crafter character, you really need to sit down and say, okay, how do I support this? How does it fit into the overall flow of the game? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how do we make this not a slog and make it yeah. fun for everybody and make it fun for everyone? Because I mean, if, if like, you know, if the example of, you know, you do your crafting, uh, you know, over, over discord or over your, you know, over instant messenger or something, you do it in downtime when it's not everybody else's problems. And then you show up to game and say, Hey, guess what? I've crafted the cool Iron Man blaster. Yay. And everyone's all like, cool, that'll be fun when we do fight stuff at the table. Um, also, I have a non-sequitur to go over because it just right, it excellent. just dropped. Oh, what's uh, up? For the, uh, for the Avatar role-playing game, yep, they yep. just tra- that, uh, dropped the $6 million stretch goal, which is they will create an Avatar Legends tabletop RPG companion app. Yay! Uh, which oh, will cool. do, have dice, yeah. la- dice rolling, character, guided character creation, and campaign management. Yeah, we'll six cool. million. Then, yeah, that'd that'd be you've rad. got the money for it. Yeah. Yep, and it'll be free for everyone of like the the base. Like you know, you get the book level. Yeah. So that's cool as shit. I, I was right. During the recording, they hit six million dollars. <laughs> there. So we've got that. We got it. We're there, everyone. Oh my god! By the time that thing's done, it's going to be like nine million dollars or something Eight. silly, like in impossible I hope, to break. I no RP. I hope they're a big. Like, do they have a lot of people working there? Uh, <laughs> Magpie is pretty decent. I think they've gotten a couple other um, licenses before, but yeah, they I happen sure to. I just, I sure but they're they people, man. Like, this is going to be a big one, and I, I'm sure they'll hire on. Oh like, yeah, uh, yeah. they will. 
they have tons of food. Sorry, I, uh, this was definitely a non sequitur. I'm looking it up real quick. I want to see. Wackety, schmackety, do. Schmackety, Yeah, that's right. They did Masks Root. Yeah, they are well known. They did Bluebeard's Bride. Yeah, they're actually, they did everything. Yeah, they've done a lot of the, the, the Powered by Apocalypse systems. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if they, it's in good hands. I think it's going to be in real good hands. Yep, can't wait so. to see it. But anyways, crafting. What is it? I hope you know better now. Yeah. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go make something. I was going to say go carve some dice, but whatever. (laughs) 3D print you a sword. 3D print yourself a sword. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at DivisMelkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.